It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is BehindTheSteelCurtain.com's co-editor, Dave Schofield, coming at you again with some crazy, geeky numbers. I think by now you kind of know what to expect from the numbers. You kind of know what's coming. You kind you have an idea of how we're going to break things down and, and how the show kind of works. We're going to talk a little bit about the Steelers game this past week. We're going to talk about the Steelers being at the midway point of the season. And then we're also going to talk about, uh, well, we're going to take a user question, of course, um, a listener question, and then we'll go ahead and, and look forward to the upcoming matchup with the, with the Cincinnati Bengals coming to town. So, ah, man, it, it's, it's crazy because the Pittsburgh Steelers, the ultimate number that, that really matters is 8-0. The Pittsburgh Steelers are 8-0. They've played eight games. They've won every game. This isn't the NCAA. This isn't other places where style points matter. Style points only matter in power rankings. But you want to know the truth? Power rankings don't matter. They don't. Because it doesn't matter who's number one in the power rankings. It matters who's number one in the standings. And right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers are number one in the standings for the American Football Conference. Obviously, they're going to be number one in the standings uh, regardless because of, of they're the only, only team with 
eight victories on the Well, I can't say they're the only team with eight victories in the season. They're the only team with no losses on the season. The reason that I have to say that they're, they're not the only team with eight victories is the Kansas City Chiefs are eight and one. But they do have that defeat to the Las Vegas Raiders. And you know what? We're going to maybe talk about the, the Kansas City Chiefs just briefly here um, at some point. Because this Pittsburgh Steelers go into Dallas and they fall down 13 to nothing. And they end up coming back, scoring 15 points in the final quarter, which is the most points they'd scored in the fourth quarter since, oh, I do believe it was 2017 against the Ravens in that 39-38 game um, is, is what I had recorded in my By the Numbers article at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. If you're not checking out the website, you've got to check out the website. So much good stuff there from so many more contributors than we even have on the podcast side. Make sure you are checking it out. So the Steelers, the way it's going is they they go in there, they, they score those points at the end, they win by five. I mean, they should have it should have been eight because of three missed opportunities and extra points. And I'd say three because the Steelers went for two, which they wouldn't have had to have done if they hadn't missed two extra points. Um, they didn't kick the field goal at the end because, as I say, they they did what Coach Tomlin says they wouldn't do, which was live in their fears. Which I, I meant to mention this on the Scobro Show Tuesday night, which then for those of you listening in audio rain on Wednesday, that obviously you're listening in audio if you're listening to this because this podcast is only done in audio form. But from the Scobro Show, I I, I kind of I meant to bring this up is that you say that that. I feel this time it really was living in their fears. Some people say, well, they lived in their fears when they didn't take the ball in overtime against the Ravens last season. That wasn't living in your fears. That was taking a good strategy. That was saying, you know, uh, the strategy of the best chance for us to get good field position for our offense is to put our defense out there first and give them the field position because Baltimore special teams were was winning the field position battle. The offense wasn't moving. And the last thing you wanted to do was give them the good field position based on good special teams and defense that instead the Steelers wanted to trust their special teams on the, on the kickoff and have their defense set them up with good field position. And it worked. That was a strategy that wasn't to me, that wasn't living in their fears. You know, that wasn't saying, oh, well, it's going to be bad. They're like, let's play the field position game because I think our defense can stop them. To me, that wasn't living your fears. That's going bold. I think not kicking the field goal was living in their fears because, yes, when you're, you weren't changing the number of score you were going to need. What you were changing, you know, they, the Cowboys were still going to only be down one score. That it's the difference between five and eight. These are the numbers you got to crunch and everything else. But going from seven to eight is a big difference because you've got to get the touchdown and the two-point conversion. And a touchdown and a two-point conversion only ties. So therefore, by going up eight, a touch you don't lose the game with a touchdown. At worst, you tie the game. But the Steelers were afraid that if you don't catch it, or sorry, if you don't kick it, if you don't make it, that it could even be blocked and possibly returned. So to me, I understand going for it on fourth down there a little bit until I saw what play they ran. And they decided they were going to do a slow developing run play on fourth and one, which wasn't the answer there. I am still a firm believer from the numbers perspective of this. 
Chase Claypool was making sure on third down on the end around that he was going down inbounds, which in one aspect was a smart move. But on the other side, getting the first down wouldn't matter if he went out of bounds because it would have had three more downs. Didn't matter. Taking a knee, game over, because I'm pretty sure at that point Dallas had no timeouts left. Going out of bounds wouldn't have been the end of the world as long as you got the first down. Now, if you went out of bounds and didn't get the first down, then he was in trouble. And I think he had a chance to dive forward for a first down going out of bounds if he would have gone for it. But, you know, that's all in the past. But that's that's some of these geeky number game, numbers game that you got to play. Do you go up eight in that situation? I mean, if the Steelers hadn't have already had an extra point blocked, and one missed. They were at the 15-yard line. It was an extra point. That's what it was. So it came down to that, uh, that they, uh, I feel that they lived in their fears. And, but luckily they, they came through defense made the stop victory. That's what you're looking for. Now I'm going to kind of do this. What I (laughs) very similar to, to what I did in the, in the Tennessee Titans game, how would Steeler fans feel if they would have been the team that was up the whole game and just, you know, you know, they started off, they started off with the 15 points in the opening quarter rather than, than give, you know, them being down 13 to nothing, play it all in reverse and saying, Oh, okay, well, they're coming back to scoring touchdowns are getting closer with field goals, but then they couldn't come through with it. Um, you know, might've felt a little bit different, but these are all, feelings that were the the fans deal with and the national media deals with and everything. But you know what? Records aren't about feelings. They're about wins and losses. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's the most important number is eight and no. So I don't I don't want to dwell too much on the Cowboys game. There's so many things that the Steelers can correct with that. They just have to have to continue to get better moving forward. The problem is they're halfway through the season. And if you just have a bad game, that's all right. You're going to have a bad game occasionally. And if you have a bad game and win the game, that's fantastic. But you can't keep having bad games because eventually it's going to come back to get you. So the big thing is the Steelers need to correct. And the problem is they haven't put together an entire game in the, in the last three games. The last time they played a full game was against the Cleveland Browns, which so happened to be the last time they played at Heinz Field. So that's the question that that Steeler fans are constantly wondering. Are they going to see that team that took it to the Cleveland Browns the entire game? Or are you going to see that are you going to see that team that came out flying high and jumped up to a big lead on the Tennessee Titans in the first half? Or are you are you going to see that, you know, are you going to see the team that made the comeback in the second half, the last two games against the Ravens and Cowboys, or are you going to see that team that almost gave it up in the second half against the Titans? Are you going to see that team that started slow against offensively against the Ravens and Cowboys? What, what is it that you're going to see? And that's, I think the biggest thing that Steelers fans are wondering, which team are you going to see? So, if we want to look into how the Steelers are doing so far in 2020, I did this after two weeks. I did it after four weeks. This is really the time to do it. The time, eight weeks. If you take the this, this statistics and the way the Steelers are trending, how are they going to finish the season? What kind of numbers are we looking at? These are pretty simple to do. I mean, 
I think pretty simple is an understatement. I'm going to say these are very easy to do because basically what you're doing with everything is you're doubling it. And other than like yards per carry or completion percentage, those stay the same. So the way it looks right now, Ben Roethlisberger, well, first let's look at the whole team. There ain't no. If they're going to have the same second half as the first half, you're talking 16 and 0. That's tough to tough to gauge right now. But I also said it was tough to gauge when they were 2 and 0. Now you've got a much bigger sample to look at. So, you know, you know what? There's only one team in the NFL that has a chance of going 16 and 0 this year. Because the only way you can go 16 and 0 is to not lose any. And so far, that's just the Steelers. But let's look at Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger has 1,934 yards, th- throwing yards, for with 18 touchdowns and four interceptions. Now, Jeff Hartman kind of hit this a little bit on Wednesday's Let's Ride. And if you're not listening to those, you've got to. Let's Ride, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, great stuff. So if Ben Roethlisberger, if he just keeps the same pace – you're talking that he's going to be just under 4,000 yards for the season. So obviously he was over 4,000 yards the last time we talked about these things. So the last few games have dropped this a little bit, but not much. He would be at 3,868 yards for the season for, for 2020, assuming that he plays all 16 games. The other thing though, is he would be at 36 touchdowns and eight interceptions. And when it comes to Ben, it's not, (laughs) how do I say this? He, the only time that he's thrown less or single digit interceptions were seasons where he didn't play, where he missed multiple games. I'm going to say multiple games. So uh, with the exception of 2014, when he had nine interceptions. So, but that would still, where he played all 16 games, but this would still be better than that. So he has a chance and think about that four interceptions and three of them were in a single game. Jeff, Jeff talked about that yesterday, so I'm not going to dwell on that too long. But he has a chance to hit 36 touchdowns, which would be more than he's ever thrown before in his career. So that's what Ben Roethlisberger is looking at, okay? And, and then he's only been sacked 10 times. So if you're talking about only being sacked 20 times in a season, that's, that's still a pretty good number as well. So let's look at some other numbers for the Steelers, though. What, what what can we expect otherwise? I mean, I can look at team or I can look at individual. We'll be like bounce around this a little bit before we take our break. You know, James Conner, believe it or not, as poorly as the Steelers have run the ball the last two weeks, and it has been poor, they have not even hit 50 yards rushing as a team the last two weeks, the last two games. But James Conner is still on pace, even after missing pretty much all of week one. And having poor rushing performances the last couple weeks, he's still on pace to go over 1,000 yards. He has 520 yards. He's on pace to go um, 1,040. Now, if the Steelers can get their running game going a little bit, obviously that's going to be better. And he's also on pace for 10 touchdowns because he has five already. Okay. Benny Snell is on pace for four rushing touchdowns, which is funny because that's also how many Chase Claypool's on pace for, but that's a, that's a whole different story. But but uh, poor Benny Snell, after going over 100 yards uh, the first game, he's only had 168 cents, uh, hasn't gotten a lot of touches. And basically when he has, he's come into the game and the team, uh, as far as I can see, he's only he's really only playing on plays where they give him the ball, which isn't a very smart thing when it comes to disguising what you're going to do. And honestly, I think that's 
part of what's going on with the Steelers offenses times is they're trying to do a bunch of different things, but without disguising any of it. So when that doesn't work, they just go to one or two things that work extremely well, regardless of disguise, because there's really no way to know what's going on. And you know, this, what the Steelers really need to do is based on their personnel and their formations. You know, it's almost like they've shown, they've shown everybody everything that they can do. So when things happen, teams know what's coming and that's what they're playing for. So that's one thing that the Steelers really got to improve here in the second half of the season, but let's get back to what we were talking about. Okay. So, um, Let's look at the receiving. When you look at the receiving yards, you've you there's no receiver on the Steelers set to go over a thousand yards right now at their current pace. That's just the way it is. But there are two of them. You have two receivers over eight hundred, and another receiver over six hundred, and another receiver over well tight end over five hundred. Because right now Chase Claypool is leading the Steelers with four hundred and forty four yards receiving, which would make 888 um and barely behind him five yards behind him is is juju smith schuster with 439 so he would be 878 now these are important numbers to look at in my opinion because i want to see if they exceed these i want to see if they go over these numbers that they have for the first half so you know bottom line is will either one of them hit 900 Deontay Johnson, the problem with him is the amount of time he's missed. He's at 310, so he's he's on pace for 620. But I think he can possibly do more with that if he can stay healthy the rest of the season. You know, Ebron's coming on more recently. James Washington, in the last three games, has one catch. Now, it just so happens to be a 17-yard touchdown. And that's the thing with all these receivers. Every receiver that the Steelers have with 200 or more yards has at least – three touchdowns on the season. That's crazy. So you're talking about, you know, the, the, what they're on pace for chase Claypool with 10 touchdowns, Juju Smith-Schuster with eight, Deontay Johnson with six, Ebron with six, James Washington with six. And part of the reason is this kind of blew my mind a little bit. There's yet to be a Steelers running back, have a receiving touchdown this year. Kind of interesting. I just saw that. And I never thought about looking at that statistically and see if that's, you know, when the last time is that's happened or if that's ever happened, because on pace, they wouldn't do that. So that's, that's those numbers when it comes uh, to the offense. Now, when it comes to the defense, let's just look at a couple players here real quick. You know, somebody like, somebody like a TJ Watt, who's on pace to have 48 quarterback hits and 24 tackles for loss. And oh, he's he's on pace for fifty-two tackles, but he's on pace for twelve passes defense. He's currently on pace for only fourteen sacks, which would actually be down a little bit because teams teams are going out. But he's he's got a chance to, to bounce back here in the next couple of weeks, um, where the Steelers once again should have a team that they have a chance to to get to. But it's hard to say if they will. So I mean, somebody like Vince Williams, he's on pace to have twenty-eight tackles for loss on the season. So that'll be real interesting if they can if they can keep pace with that. I think a number to look at because I'm not just doing this to say, oh, what, what's it look like? See if see if players exceed their numbers they're on pace for right now. Does T.J. Watt go over or under 14 sacks? Does Vince Williams go over or under 28 tackles for loss? Does Minka Fitzpatrick go over four interceptions? Okay, 
you know, and he's got a phone book. So let's even just say, does he go over six takeaways? Because that's that's what he's been doing, okay? Because he's got two interceptions. Does Stephen Nelson, is he going to get four interceptions uh, on, on the year? Um, Joe Hayden, other than T.J. Watt, because of batting balls down at the line of scrimmage, he has six passes defense. Is he going to get 12 for the season? So some of these aren't quite as much. Uh, I think some interesting numbers. How about Bud Dupree on pace for 12 sacks this season? And why can't I, why suddenly can't I find the the person that I'm looking for? Oh, there he is. Stefan Tuitt is on pace for 12 sacks this season. So the Steelers are on pace to put three guys in triple digits, but we'll see. Because another guy, look at someone like Cam Hayward. He has two sacks on the year. Two. Do you think he's going to finish with four? Or do you think he's going to get higher than that? These are all things to look at. So that's some interesting stuff, just looking at, at the projected numbers uh, that the Steelers could have for this year. We're going to take our break. First section was a little bit longer than normal. We'll come back, answer the question, look at the Bengals real quick, and see what they, they have coming into Heinz Field on Sunday. So um, stick around after this commercial break. We'll be right back. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, Pittsburgh Steeler fans. This is Dave Schofield, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, coming at you with the second part of our Steeler Stat Geek, where we're looking ahead a little bit. But first and foremost, I've got to answer this user question that I had. This one comes from Brian Haynes. He's asked some questions before. If you've ever, if you're in the, in the YouTube live chats, he's in there. His his screen name is Captain Underpants. Um, asked sent me some questions. This was one that was, was, I felt was pretty appropriate this week. His question was about Ben Roethlisberger and the numbers that he's put up so far through the season. Now he asked me this right before the last game. So um, he was looking at seven games. Obviously I'm going to look at eight games and says, where does this fall to where Ben would, would, would finish up? How's this shape up for all time Steelers records? And Granted, I could go back and try to look at just the first eight games with people and things like that. And that's actually a little bit more difficult to find. I just thought, well, why don't I just take some of those projected stats we just looked at and compare them to the Steelers all time? Well, the three things I'm going to look at is completion percentage, touchdowns, and yards. I'm not going to get into, you know, um, number of attempts and number of completions just because that's going to fluctuate so much more, in my opinion. Um, from, from, but, and, and those can be deceptive though, you know, throwing more does not equal a good season. Okay. Things like that. So these are three that I, I think are really important. First of all, I have to say this currently Ben Roethlisberger has a completion percentage of 68.06%. That would be right now. If he, if he keeps it the same, that would be the highest in Steelers history, that there's never been a completion percentage 
higher than that. The next closest was Ben Roethlisberger in 2015, which was 68.02%. So he's barely ahead of that pace with the completion percentage. But yeah, that's the numbers he's putting up where it falls all time with the Steelers. Touchdowns. I already mentioned about that that he would he'd get 34 if he if he keeps on pace. That would not only be a Ben Roethlisberger record, that would also be a Pittsburgh Steelers record. Oh, I said 34. I meant, sorry, 36, 36, because the record is Ben Roethlisberger's 34, which he did in 2018. So if he can keep up the 36, that would be um, a Steelers franchise record. Now, when it comes to yards, that's a whole different story, because in 2018, Ben Roethlisberger put up 5,129 yards. Part of that is, why does Ben not have more yards than he does right now? Yes, the Steelers have had to rely on the pass the last couple weeks, but it's not like they're in these big shootout games and are constantly having to throw the ball like crazy. Honestly, the better your defense, the less passing yards a team has. That's just how it works, usually, usually in the NFL. But if you really want to know where, where Ben's projection for this year, if he doubles what he has right now, where it would put him, that would put him eighth on the all-time list for yards when it comes to Pittsburgh Steelers. All seven of which above him are held by one Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger. So that answers that question. So he is on pace with completion percentage and touchdowns where he could set franchise records. Yards, not so much. But you know what? I'm okay that Ben doesn't have to throw for 500 yards in a game. Um, I'd prefer him not have to. Sometimes he does. I prefer him not to have to. So let's go ahead and, and do what I've been doing recently. And it's kind of tough to get these numbers. I, it'll be really nice once all the teams have their bye week. And then I can just, these numbers, I won't have to adjust them and spend a bunch of time calculating a bunch of stuff because it'll be right here. But real quick, going to look at the comparisons of where the Steelers rank versus the Cincinnati Bengals on offense, defense, um, sacks and turnovers, both on offense and defense. And we'll look at those kind of things. So let's, let's start off on the defensive side of the ball. Um, my goodness, the Steelers, the last two weeks have just fallen off the map when it comes to run defense, they were in second place in the NFL and they've fallen all the way to ninth. They are now after last week, they are now surrendering over a hundred yards per game. It's 102.8 yards per game that they are surrendering. Uh, that has them ninth in the NFL. But on the other side of the ball, the Cincinnati Bengals rush defense, they're surrendering 144.3 yards per game, which is ranked 29th in the NFL. So you're thinking, well, maybe the Steelers can run the ball against the Bengals. Well, they went up against the 32nd ranked team last week in the Cowboys, and they couldn't get it figured out. So we'll see what happens with that and see if maybe Steelers can get back on, on you know, back on track running the ball. So the Steelers are, are, are ninth in the NFL in rushing defense. But they are fifth in the NFL in passing defense, only allowing 214.6 yards per game, where the Bengals are 23rd. They're allowing 256.6 yards per game. So decisive advantage there for the Steelers' defense. I almost forgot when I was talking about the rush, the yards, the, the yards per attempt. The Steelers' defense, they're 10th in the league. I think that's what they were last week. I'm, let, me, let me check real quick. Uh, no, last week they were eighth. They, they've fallen to 10th in the league, um, in yards given up, um, rushing, um, per attempt is 4.11. But then you got the Bengals that are giving up five and a quarter yards per rushing attempt. They're dead last. They're 32nd. So 
they're they're not dead last in, in yards, but they're they're dead last in yards per attempt, which just means teams aren't running against them as much because their offense has kept them in some of these games to where teams aren't just sitting back and running the ball. So that's the defensive side of the ball. Other than overall, the total defense, Pittsburgh has fallen out of the top five when it comes to yardage. They are sixth in the NFL, giving up 317.4 yards per game, where the Bengals are 26th in the NFL, giving up 400.9 yards per game. So when it comes to the Steelers' offense going up against the Bengals' defense, um, their best ranking is their pass defense, and that's at 23rd. So not good for the Bengals' defense when it comes to two ranks in the NFL. Steelers hold an advantage there. Um their defense versus the Bengals defense by far. But then you go to the offense. You go to the offense. Um, let's start with the, with the rushing offense. Believe it or not, the Steelers, even though they've been struggling the last couple of weeks, they're, they're not at the bottom of the league in rushing. They're, they've fallen out of the middle a little bit. They're, they're 19th. They're, they're getting 109 yards per game. So that ranks them 19th in the NFL. Where the Bengals are are getting 101.3 yards per game, which has them 23rd. Not a lot of separation there. Um, the Steelers are better when it comes to the yards per carry. They're getting four yards per carry on average, which is crazy because so, there's such a high percentage of their runs that go for one yard or less for the Steelers. Well, I mean or less, meaning one, zero, or negative, which is something they they've got to get figured out there. Um, but when it comes to the Bengals. They're averaging 3.73 yards per carry, which has them 28th. So the Steelers' slight advantage rushing the ball, not a lot. You're talking four or five spots in the NFL um, but between the rankings. Now, when it comes to pass offense, the Steelers are throwing two, 232 passing yards a game, which has them ranked 22nd in the NFL. But like I say, it's it's not like they're they're out there just – flinging the ball all the way down the field. They are moving the ball with the pass, but notice they're doing a lot of short passes. Um, I don't know that the Steelers connected on any kind of long pass in the last couple of weeks that I think of that, you know, they're either getting pass interference calls or having shorter passes that they break. I'd like to see an increase in these intermediate passes, but that's a whole different subject. The Cincinnati Bengals, they're, they're putting up 260.6 yards per game and they're 10th in the league in passing. Now, part of that has to do with their 2-5-1 and one record, that they aren't winning games. They're trying to fight back. They've been in some close games uh, as they go, but that's just what it is that they, that they do. They end up having to pass the ball more. And with Joe Burrow, they have a much better passing attack than they have in years past. I mean, they've if you look at it, they've – their passing yards, they have a couple outliers where they didn't have a very good passing yards game. Uh, not many in their first week against the Chargers. Only 135 against the Baltimore Ravens. That was that was crazy. Um, they just couldn't get anything going offensively. But, um, you know, putting over 300 yards against the Browns, the Colts, the Jaguars. When It's funny because the Colts and the Jaguars, they hit exactly 300 yards. Um, so that's just that's more of their strength. That is, I, I mean, looking at all the ranks, that is by far the strength of their team. When you look at the total offense, the Steelers are 25th in the league in offense of 341 yards, where the Bengals are, are 17th at 361.9. So they do hold the advantage there. And that's because you're generally doing two to one passing yards in the NFL. So if they hold that advantage in passing yards, that's why that's going to happen. 
So let's look at a couple of these other um, key statistics that I like to look at, which is sacking your opponent, sacks given up, takeaways, and turnovers. So let's look at some of these. Let's let's hit the sacks first. Steelers are still first in the league, 32 sacks of the year, which has them projected to be 64. I called them to hit that 60 mark. I want to see what, what they do with that. If they can stay there, where, where the Bengals, they're 25th. They're tied for 25th in the league in sacks. They have 11. So they have about a third as many sacks as what the Steelers do. But if you look at the sacks surrendered, the Steelers are tied for second. They've only surrendered 10 sacks on the year. So they're tied for second. The only team that's done less is the Indianapolis Colts. And, but when it comes to Cincinnati, they're tied for 30th as they've given up 28 sacks per game. So they're giving up three and a half sacks every game. Three and a half. So this is a game for the Steelers to get after Joe Burrow. You know they're going to try to be stop stopping it. Maybe it's quick passing. Maybe it's play action. Whatever they're going to do. But this is a game that the Steelers need to go and disrupt Joe Burrow with that. So that's a major advantage there. When you look at the, the number one team in the league when it comes to sacks, the get sacks, and you're talking about a team that's tied for 30th, which means they're basically one spot from the bottom, then you're <laughs> – because they're tied with one other team that's one spot from the bottom. That's That should be a big advantage, Pittsburgh. Now let's look at the, at the turnovers and takeaways. The Steelers have now moved into first per game takeaways. They have 15. That, so but now there, there is a team out. I can't remember what team it was. I think there's a team that had 16, but they've played an extra game. So per game, the Steelers are first in takeaways. Um, where the where the Bengals, they're middle of the road. They've, they have nine takeaways. They're tied for 17th. They're also tied for 17th in how often they turn the ball over. The Bengals have nine takeaways, 10 turnovers. So they're minus one for the season. Where the Steelers are tied for sixth in turnovers, meaning they haven't been turning the ball over nearly as much with only eight on the season. So the Steelers are actually plus seven when it comes to that. So those are the numbers. Breaking them down, it's going to be really, this is an interesting matchup because once again, I think things aren't stacked in the Steelers' favor. Yes, it's nice that they're returning home, but they're also dealing with the COVID issues where Ben Roethlisberger and Vince Williams can't practice all week, as well as Jalen Samuels and Gerald Hawkins. Uh, we already know Vance McDonald's out because of that. It's just, it's one of those things where they're going to have to overcome. And like I've said before, they're playing a team that really has nothing to lose. I mean, with the Bengals sitting where they are at 2-5-1, and one, 500 to one odds to win the AFC North. I mean, they'd have to get on a crazy win streak. So what this is, this is their game. They circle in the calendar. This is like their Super Bowl. They're going to, they're going to bring their best and they're not going to be afraid to take chances because you're going to need to have, take some chances and have them turn out on your side in order to knock off the Steelers. The Cowboys took chances. They they did that crazy punt return. They did it and they pulled them off. And that's I think that's part of the reason why they almost pulled off that upset. So the Steelers have to be ready for their biggest punch. Plus, the Bengals are coming off a bye. You know, they, they've had two weeks to prepare for this game. So this is going to be a tough one. It's going to be real interesting to see how it plays out. But those are the numbers behind it. Make sure you are checking out all of our podcasts at Behind the Steel Curtain. 
just make subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast. You'll, and they'll be there, you know, give us that, that five-star rating or whatever the rating system is, depending on, on where you listen. Uh, really appreciate that. Um, if you, that is, if you like what you hear, if you don't, then don't also, if you haven't checked out the YouTube shows, they're still on the audio platform. So don't feel like you have to catch a live show, but if you have it, never have the chance you can jump in the live chat. It is a lot of fun. But also make sure you're checking out BehindTheSteelCurtain.com because it really is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. So 8-0, let's shoot for that 9-0. Got to take care of business. Let's see what they can do this week against the Bengals. So all I can say now is thanks for peeking out with me. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.